2: Happy primary day. Welcome to Skeeter Junction Polling Place. First 100 voters get a free slanket. Here's
3: yours. Awesome. I got dump cake frosting all over my old one.
2: Have you voted with us before?
3: No, I came here because a Yelp review said the ballots smell fresh, the brisket is tasty, and there's insane clown posse on the jukebox.
2: All true. Let me tell you about our specials. The market catch of the day is a tandoori spiced sea bream. It comes with basmati rice. It's $12.99 and counts as a vote for Kasich.
3: I feel more like a sandwich.
2: Today we have the Calgary Cubano. That's roasted pork, pickles, cheese, and Canadian bacon. It's $10.99 and counts as a vote for Cruz.
3: This is so confusing. I really like Kasich, but I hate rice. Any more specials?
2: Yes, we have a small, unspecified animal charred beyond all recognition.
3: Who would order that?
2: Trump voters, but only if the meat doesn't touch the falafel or the taco sauce.
3: I'm not sure how I feel about the new voting. Maybe I'll go back to my old polling place with the optical scanner and the pickle barrel. Meanwhile, get ready to hear from our citizen observers. And now he's challenging the no-pants, no-voting rule in federal court, Colin McEnroe. That's
4: how I like to vote. All right, so years ago... I think, like, me in my old job, I think on the old radio station I used to be on, I think Bill Heald, the gentleman biker, and I invented this idea that—because I get really excited on days when we, when we vote, whether it's a primary or a general election. I get, you know, I get excited, and you want to do something. And you don't know anything. We don't know how things are going to come out. We have no useful information whatsoever. But so I thought— this is years ago. I thought, well, let's just explore the feelings that people have about voting, you know, and, and what they saw and what they heard. And it's also a way that we could have people call in just in case, you know, a rabbit chewed through the power cord of an optical scanner in Winstead or something. You know, we could get that news on the air. So we, we invite uh, that to happen as well. Uh, but we call it the Citizens Observer program. But I feel like I'm still not quite in the mood, quite in the right mood to do this. So can I have a fanfare? How about a fanfare? It's a Citizen Observer program featuring Secretary of State Denise Merrill, Jason Neuschen, Lara Herskovich, Josh Pollock, Charlotte Ross, Michael Motion, Mark Saunders, Lenny Grimaldi, and your phone calls. That's right. Call 860-275-7266 and be a Citizen Observer. So now I feel I'm more in the mood now. That's, you know. That's good. I feel better. So um, this is something that we, we as I say, we've done many times before. Some of the people who are doing this today, a couple, a couple of them anyway, are veterans. Three of them are veterans. They've done it before. And then we're, we're introducing some new people as well. Uh, but we thought in general, just to kind of take the temperature of the state and find out what's going on in terms of turnout or anything else you might need to know, uh, we should, as we typically do, check in with the Secretary of State. That would be Denise Merrill. Uh, and so she's joining us right now. Uh, Secretary Merrill, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. So uh, what can you tell us so far? I mean, obviously, turnout statistics at this point in the day are going to be kind of ragged and anecdotal. But give us some ragged anecdotal turnout uh, information.
0: Uh, I'm hearing that in some parts of the state, like I heard Bridgeport, it was a little wider than they expected. I'm I'm assuming the rain has something to do with that. But hmm. when I say that, I also realize that expectations were pretty high because we had such a huge voter registration. So who knows? Um, but uh, in other parts of the state, it's quite steady and quite heavy. So, for example, West Hartford, I heard there were a lot of people turning up. So I'm still predicting it's going to be a very high turnout.
4: And uh, talk about that voter registration again. Uh, this is a, a lot of people registering in between January 1st and essentially now. Um, like how many people again?
0: Uh, 93,000 new voters since January, and I would attribute some of that to the new online voter registration system because a lot of the people who registered were under 30, over 50% of them, and a lot of them came in online. So that may have had something to do with it.
4: Right. And, and how about do you know, happen to know how many people switched from unaffiliated to one of the parties during that, part that time? Because that's sort of a, another influx of, of voters who wouldn't have voted in this primary.
0: Yes, I don't I don't know that exactly, although uh, we can tell that of the most of the voter registrations were brand new. So, um, you know, I don't know how much switching there actually was probably quite a bit, but I don't know for sure.
4: Um, uh, Some people have asked about the uh, uncommitted uh, choice on the ballot. Can you explain that?
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's been there always, but Hmm. no one ever noticed it. There is a, uh, a line for uncommitted, and anyone can vote for uncommitted in either party. And what that means is you're going to be voting to send the delegates not committed to any particular candidate. So if you vote uncommitted, it means you're not telling them that they have to stick with any particular candidate in your party, that when they go to that convention, they're wide open.
4: So you just want a free and easy, freaky delegate. I, I don't. I, I have a hard time understanding the incentive for this, but... Uh... I guess people like to have a lot of choices, maybe.
0: Well, uh, you know, a lot of people like to think uh, that they can vote for a sort of, a sort of none of the above in a way, um, and wait to see what happens. Because in this case, particularly the Republican convention, uh, anything could happen. Right. Uh, if if uh, Donald Trump doesn't come in with the requisite number of delegates, you know, anything could happen.
4: Right. And this we should say that uh, after today, this is kind of all out of your hands. Uh, The parties figure out how they assign delegates and stuff like that on their own. Um, And in some cases, they may have to be almost inventing a process that they didn't have before. Um, Well, um, the other thing uh, that we wanted to know a little bit about, I think there are probably a lot of people thinking because they're in general elections. They've heard about same day voter registration that they think that they can do that today. What's the reality of that?
0: Yes, there is no same day registration on primary day. And that's unfortunate, actually. Our original proposal would have made it for both because it is confusing if you have it sometimes and not others. I mean, it is only for those people who, you know, for whatever reason didn't get around to registering, but frequently it's also for registrations that are messed up for whatever reason. Sometimes it's clerical error, and you might get there and think you're registered, but you really aren't because someone put you under the wrong name or you know something got typed in wrong, that sort of thing. So uh, we have no way to fix that if we don't have same-day registration, which we don't.
4: Are there provisional ballots? Can you do that?
0: Uh, yes, you can still do provisional ballots.
4: All right. So so uh, we are obviously voting all the way through uh, 8 p.m. tonight, and then uh, John Dankosky and I will be on from 8 to 9. I think you'll be joining us for a few minutes of that as well, right?
5: Yes. Should be interesting.
4: Um, so far, no glitches, no voting machines have blown up, no rabbits <laughs> yeah. chewing through power cables or anything like that.
0: Well, no, nothing major. I mean, we've had the <laughs> See, eight, you know, when uh, you say
4: that, you make me look, nothing major. Uh, yeah, now you're making me nervous. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, we did have uh, one machine, I think, that malfunctioned somewhere, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I can't say that nothing has gone wrong. That never happens, But it is remarkably smooth, let's put it that way.
4: Right. Like you're doing better than Frontier Cable right now. I think that's maybe a a benchmark. Um, Thanks. All all right. We'll talk to you tonight, uh, Secretary.
5: Okay, great. Thanks. All right,
4: that is Madam Secretary Denise Merrill. All right, now we're going to talk to you folks out there, people. And this is we're we're going to begin with something I'm pretty sure we've never done before because typically what we do on this Citizen Observer show is explore the experience of voting. Betsy Kaplan, however, came up with an interesting idea. What if what if we talk to somebody who's not able to vote today? Uh, and this is somebody who's actually been on our show in the past uh, about other things. Uh, Jason Nushin is joining us. He's a resident of Hamden. Uh, welcome to our welcome back to our show, Jason.
1: Hello, i Colleen John. That was a little farcy for you. Oh, okay. Thanks, uh, <laughs> Thanks for inviting me.
4: So explain why it is uh, that you can't vote today.
1: Well, I was born in England, and uh, I hold a green card, so I can't vote.
4: And so that must be, I mean, obviously you know that you can't vote. You were born in England. You, ha- you're, you're, you have a green card. But on a day like this where, you know, uh, the, the fate of a lot of people, could conceivably be affected by the outcome of a day like this. You're watching people vote all around you. uh, And and as somebody with a a background, the background that you have, uh, you have maybe even more of an interest or a stake in the way things turn out than than, than a lot of people might. It must be kind of an odd feeling.
1: Uh, It is. Uh, So I guess I can say that my wife votes for me. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe I can remedy this for uh, the next election.
4: Um, As you're you're thinking about people voting today, as you're maybe even watching, I think you actually live maybe fairly near a polling place. What are you thinking about? What are your worries? What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, This has been such a complicated uh, election season. I I, I look at both sides, and um, frankly, I don't know where where any of the candidates are going to take the country because it seems that the Democrats are fighting each other and the Republicans, well, that's a complete mess. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. But as somebody with an Iranian background and somebody who holds a, a green card, this has got to be, I mean, it's got to be on your mind. It's got to be a source of some worries. I mean, there's at least one candidate in the field who's had some pretty significant things to say about that and, and not things that you welcome hearing.
1: Uh, I, I would, I mean, personally, I would uh, side with uh, Clinton more uh, than, than uh, Sanders because I, I think that she would follow um, Obama's policies a little closer. So yeah. I, you know, tend to agree with him.
4: All right. Well, listen, Jason, thanks for checking with us today. Thanks for getting us started here on our Citizen Observer Day. And we're going to go to somebody who's actually not one of our scheduled callers because we do invite also people to use the phone lines, 860-275-7266. Uh, here's a Sharon from Danbury. Hi, Sharon.
5: Hi, how are you?
4: Good. You're on the air.
5: Good. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to share with you, I voted today in Danbury at the high school about 11 this morning, and there was about... Eight people in line at the Democratic table and zero at the Republican table, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But needless to say, when I, I have to say, when I cast my, my vote, and I will say for Hillary, I the chills just came right over me. Mm. And when I left there, I had to choke back tears because I was excited and hopeful that she's going to be able to pull it out for us. But then I went to Panera Bread for lunch and the girl uh, that the cash register saw my I voted sticker Mm -hmm. and she says um, oh my gosh she's like I'm seeing so many people that voted today and they have their stickers on she looked at me and she's like cautiously she says I I really I really hope you voted for my candidate (laughs) you know she said it very hesitantly and now I was curious as to who her candidate might be and You know, I was afraid it was not going to be mine. And, you know, should I say anything or whatever? So I said, well, give me a hint (laughs) as to who your candidate is so I can tell you if it's the same. And she says very quietly, she whispers like, not Trump. Mm -hmm. So I said, I just smiled and I looked and I said, no, not Trump. And so then I'm like, I really wanted to share with her who I voted for in hopes that, you know, we we did have something in common, so I did say, I said I voted for the woman. The, the, the one female candidate and she just looked at me and smiled and she says,
4: me too. All right. So I, th- um, I think uh, that's a great story, Sharon. Thank you for sharing it. And I think little conversations like that go on all day like this, you know, and little um, moments where we wonder if we even dare talk to one another about these things. Uh, well, Thanks for calling in. Joining us now, uh, I think she might have been on the first one we ever did here. It's Lara Herskovich, singer, songwriter, poet, policy social worker, former state troubadour calling in from uh, the southern part of the state uh welcome back to the citizen observer show
6: thank you colin happy to be with you
4: so what went through your mind or your soul or your inner tuning fork uh when you (laughs) voted today
6: well i love the story that just came from danbury i feel like instead of that undecided or unaffiliated box on each of the two ballots it should just say not trump and (laughs) we can all like there's one thing that some of us can agree on i think what I'm noticing and actually related to that story is, is the very different reaction I'm having to some of my fellow citizens. I feel super proud going to the to the voting booth on really any day. And today was no different. Um I live in a sleepy rural community and so but I went there expecting a fight, right? I went there knowing I was gonna be one of your citizen observers, so I was ready to have conversations with all of the Many people who I expected would be there with mm. posters and stickers and so on. I was ready to talk even to some of the who i've I've come to refer to as trumpets mm. and you know I stretched out and I was ready for a fight. but I'm reacting to others much more cautiously about politics mm. because with Pandora's political box being opened of anger and hate and racism and scapegoating to really kind of a fascinatingly unprecedented um at least in recent times level i feel like i just don't know what i'm going to get in response if i if i start that conversation but i pulled around the corner into you know this tiny little elementary school and there was nothing there was really nobody there
7: mm-hmm.
6: the the voting itself seemed really brisk i had to be on a phone call for about an hour while i happened to be in the parking lot and noticed just a really steady stream of people about 100 over the course of an hour which for a tiny little rural Community um, seemed seemed really really brisk. There mm. was one tiny little lonely Kasich sign, one lonely Ted Cruz bumper sticker, one Bernie sticker. Um, but other than that, it was it was pretty uneventful. Um, we, they did for so the first time I participated in exit polling. There mm-hmm. was a, a woman there from Edison Research doing exit polling, formally for a, all the major networks, CNN and. NBC and the Associated Press and others, Um, and so that was fun to sort of. I always wonder about that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you watch reports and they cite exit poll numbers. I've always wondered who who is who is weighing in on those surveys. (laughs) And today I got to be one of those voices. So that's um,
4: right. Now you're fun. now you know they're not making the whole thing up. Uh, they actually do ask somebody. <laughs> right. um, Lara, so great to talk to you. Uh, you're part of the tradition of doing this show. Lara Herskovich, a singer, songwriter, former state troubadour, many other things uh, besides as well. Hey, I want to say one thing, which is um, some of our booked uh, guests, we probably skew a little bit Democrat. I hope some Republicans will call in. I hope some people who are voting in the Republican primary will call in. I hope people who voted for Trump will feel very free to call in. We're kinda, our lines are kind of jammed up right now, but uh, I'll try to get through some of these uh, um, calls and uh, get, get some room up there for you. 860 275 7266. You will be welcomed. You will be um, embraced. I mean, not physically, but um, so I mean, don't feel like you can't call in. 860 275 7266. We love hearing about your opinions too. Uh, you're really welcome here on Citizen Observer Day. Uh, here's a quick call from Tom in Harwinton. Hi, Tom. You're on the air. You get there early, right?
8: I did get there early and what I found interesting uh uh that was different from past experiences was uh you know I got there around 5:30 there was already a bit of a line uh I, I talked to a few people it seemed like most of the people that were there early waiting were Trump voters like myself mm-hmm. and uh when when the polls actually opened and you walked in uh, most of the people walked into the Republican side so I had the opposite uh uh uh, you know, happening with with my experience than that other caller did. How how'd
4: you how did you how did you feel voting today? I mean, this is it's a different kind of primary. We haven't seen anything like this before. Did it? I don't know. Some people get chills when they vote for the candidate of their choice. You you heard that? Some people. Uh, I don't know. How, how did it feel to you? What were the vibrations like?
8: Uh, it I felt it felt to me it felt good to vote for Trump. I, um, you know, I think. Uh, The uh, Kasich-Cruise thing, uh, a little plan there, is backfiring. I think it's just made people uh, want to vote for Trump more. And uh, I I was happy that, for once, Connecticut's relevant. Uh,
4: Well, listen, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, I got my wish, uh, and I hope I hear from some other people who are Trump voters or Kasich voters or Cruz voters We want to hear uh, from everybody today. By the way, I love the idea there's a line in (laughs) Harwinton— (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's kind of amazing when you think about it. Uh that's uh you know you don't only really think of that as a place where you have to get in line. Uh, except for, you know, I don't know, corn or something. Uh anyway, we uh, should we take a break? Uh no, we'll take uh we'll take a break. No, we won't take a break. I'm looking at the screen and I'm making mistakes here. See, I get excited on election day. I'm 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 uh, I'm pumped up here. Uh, Josh Pollock is going to join us right now. He's a minister, a Unitarian Universalist Society uh, uh, East in Manchester, and he's a resident of Glastonbury. Uh, he's been following this election closely and writing about it. Uh, Josh Pollock, thanks for calling in today.
2: Hey, Colin, thanks for having me on.
4: So uh, tell us uh, what went through your mind uh, or your soul when you vote when you voted today.
2: Well, first I wanted to let you know that I had big plans to uh, talk to the, the, I guess the word is solicitors, the people who stand outside the polling place and have the signs and talk to you about the candidates if you're undecided. And and my plans were to get some Dunkin' Donuts coffee and some donuts and and bring those to them. And when I drove into the polling place, there was nobody there. (laughs) There was literally nobody there. There was a John Kasich sign, Mm -hmm. and there were two signs telling the solicitors to be 75 feet away from the the entrance to the polling place. So, it I was really let down and it was it was raining, but it was completely empty. There weren't even any any voters going and so there was no line. Um when I went in, uh it was, you know, there were a few people voting, but when I actually voted, I was the only person at a machine mm-hmm. voting. And um I I don't know what to think about that. I I just had bigger expectations, you know. I I thought there would be Bernie voters out there. I thought there would be Trump voters out there. And there was no one. So I didn't get to have any of the conversations that I was hoping to have.
4: But see, you came armed with coffee and donut love. Yeah. And that that was in your heart. That was in your soul. That's probably the important thing, even if you didn't find that many mouths to feed.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I I I had this vision of of talking to people and talking to—I'm a registered Democrat— but I wanted to I wanted to pass out the coffee and donuts equally and, and have conversations with people and, and see what was making them tick and see what they were excited about.
4: All right. Well you have to try again in November, I guess. It was, I guess I do. This is just sort of the pilot. This is the dry run. Yeah. Or the wet run since you brought coffee. But Josh, thank you so much for calling in today. We're so happy to talk to people. We are really going to take a break here, but our number, if you want to call in and I do have some Republicans calling in now, eight six zero two seven five seven two six six no one will be judged. 860-275-7266. You can also tweet at us, at WNPR Colin. What else do we want him to do? You could email us, I guess, but eh, just tweet us, at WNPR Colin.
7: All
4: right, we're back. It's a primary day, and for us, that means it's Citizen Observer Day. We um, line up a bunch of citizens, and they're very diverse. They're diverse in their backgrounds and what they do, uh, and uh, we also invite you to be citizen observers. Tell, tell us what you saw, what you felt, what it was like at your polling place today. Obviously, if you saw something uh, go wrong, we would want to know about that, although it's just going to give Madam Secretary more headaches, but uh, but not just things going wrong, things going right, or just, I love the woman who called up and said she got chills. That's exactly what we're looking for here today. 860, I mean, provided it's not some communicable disease that's calling that, causing that. 860-275-7266, that's the number to call, 860-275-7266. You can also tweet at, at us at our uh, tweetmaster, Greg Hill, at WNPR. Colin. So um, we're going to get to Nick in Hartford in just a second because he's a Republican. We love to hear from uh, everybody all over the ideological map. But Marianne has a very important call to make. This is something I can really relate to. Uh, Marianne from Newington, you're on the air. Hi. Tell us what your what was on your mind today.
9: Well, my thing, and it's not just this election. It's ever since they changed to the optical readers. I don't feel like I have a secret ballot anymore.
7: Mm -hmm.
9: I feel like the person standing next to the machine can, could easily, and I know they, they're probably bored and not paying much attention, but could easily look over and see um, who I voted for.
4: Well, also, there's something, even in the terminology, right? There's something inherently um, a, a apprehension-provoking about the term optical scanner. I'm going to take my secret ballot and put it in an optical <laughs> scanner. That just sounds like something that you wouldn't want to put it in, right?
9: <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but, I don't know, they even, they give you this manila folder that yeah. they call a privacy
4: sleeve. Uh, privacy sleeve, yeah.
9: But it really doesn't do anything.
4: Look, here's, here's, I mean, first of all, I feel your pain or your apprehension. Uh, uh, Although I will say, nobody's trying to look at your ballot. I can promise you that you're absolutely right. The person standing by the machine is bored out of his or her mind. The last thing they care about is what little circles you colored in. So don't worry about that. But I also get that there's something about, something kind of naked about this process. You know, you used to go to a booth and there was a curtain and you had that great steampunk machine. I loved that machine. You know, and it went clickety clack but there was nobody looking at you ever. Then you pulled the curtain, you came out. It was a little bit more like going to the bathroom. You know, you felt like you really had some kind of um, little moment. Whereas now, you're sort of exposed the entire time. And so even though I don't think it's any less private than it was before, it just feels that way, right? Right. All right. Well, what can I say? I I'm, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're, okay. not, you're not alone, is what I want you to know. All right? Okay. Thanks for calling in. All right. Let's go to uh, Nick from Hartford. Welcome, by the way, to our Citizen Observer show. Uh, Here's uh, Nick in Hartford. Hi, you're on the air.
10: Hi, how are you?
4: Fine. Uh, So uh, what was it like for you voting today?
10: Well, uh, many mixed emotions. I am a registered Republican. And my original plan was to vote for Ben Carson because he's a doctor. And I have the most respect for people who have actual hand skills. He does something. He did something. Not so much a politician who's just been talking uh, their whole lives. But that's not possible now. So uh, I will be voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. However, my ultimate plan is to vote for um, Bernie Sanders in the general election, because <laughs> I really do believe in Bernie as an overall leader for America over Trump. But I will still vote for Trump because uh, he's the best Republican uh, candidate available
4: I just want to say okay let 's just go over this you 're a Republican in Hartford who 's planning to vote for Trump, but you 're ultimately a Bernie Sanders supporter. I would say Nick statistically you don 't exist you know I mean Re- Republican in hartford is uh, already we 've narrowed the field pretty small. Republican on yeah. Hartford who supports Bernie uh, boy uh, you're you might be like the only person like you that 's got to be a good feeling.
10: It is, but it's a very exciting election because unlike previous elections in my life, I really do have choices. Yes, my initial choice, Ben Carson, is gone, but you have so many interesting choices left. Trump, people think he's evil, uh, but he's a big businessman, and there's no doubt he makes money. Then you have Bernie, who's definitely for the people, and I am definitely for universal health care because our health care system is terrible, and I cannot afford it. So there's just good choices, and you can vote twice if you're registered, primary and then general.
4: Right. All right. Well, listen, yeah, it's like a cheesecake factory or something. Uh, Lots of things on the menu. I swear to God, that is the only—I'm the only journalist today who will talk to a Republican from Hartford already a tiny group of people who is voting for Trump in the primary with the expectation or hope of voting for Bernie Sanders in the general election that's he, that's got to be i mean we should he could be in a diorama when this is all over uh, all right here's a sh- oh this is one of our uh, scheduled guests Charlotte Ross who's co-owner of Sweet Acre Farm in Lebanon i hate to play favorites of farms but i really do love this farm and the stuff that they grow here but that's not really what we're talking about today we're talking about what it's like to be a p- farmer and getting up early in Your vote, so Charlotte, welcome to the airwaves.
9: Hey, thanks, Colin. Happy election day.
4: Happy uh, primary day, indeed. So, um, so uh, tell us, tell me what, how you felt, or what you saw, or what the experience of voting out there uh, in eastern Connecticut was like for you today.
9: Right. Well, we had some spinach to get in the ground this morning, so uh, we went at the lunch rush, which um, really wasn't much of a rush. I wish I had more drama to report, but there were no brawls in the parking lot or anything. but I, it was very civil, lots of smiles in the parking lot, people holding doors, and uh, it was quick. It wasn't jam-packed or anything. Um, I did get to talk to the registrar at the end there. She was giving me my I Voted sticker, and um, <clears throat> she said that uh, by 12.15, the time I voted, uh, there were 516 people who had voted as opposed to 600 all day the last time. Mm. So uh, definitely more of a turnout. Um yeah, and she thought that people had had come with more of a purpose. Um, there was a lot, lot less apathy, which I think probably um, you know it actually matters to vote in the Connecticut primary for <laughs> for once. So yeah, people feeling pretty excited, I guess.
4: Um, they tell see if you can get the early turnout numbers in Le- Lebanon, Connecticut. You can predict a lot of things. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd,
9: yeah, farm country, you know. <laughs> yeah,
4: I'd say we're, we're, we're now ahead of the curve. We're pretty much ahead of the rest of the uh, Eastern press establishment. So, Charlotte, uh, well, good luck with the spinach. I can't wait to eat the spinach. I will okay. be bu- buying and eating the spinach.
9: Thanks a lot. Yep, nice right. early spring. Good start. <laughs> okay,
4: thanks. And I like the idea that there were smiles uh, and people holding doors because, I mean, you know, ultimately, even though we have these huge differences these years, uh, this year and there just couldn't be Uh, more, uh, a, a wider continuum of candidates you know, this is still, I don't know, we all have to live in this country together. So uh, I like the idea that people are experiencing, they're their exercising their civic options and at the same time engaging in a civic ritual with a certain amount of bonhomie. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, I think we should go to one of our other scheduled guests uh, here. We got a lot of calls on the board. So Alex from Glastonbury, James from Monroe, uh, Kelly from North Stonington, Ruth from Sandy Hook. I see you all. I will get to you uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, but Making his second appearance right now on the uh, on the Our Citizen Observer show is Michael Motion. Uh, he is an art juggler, performing artist. He's a MacArthur Genius Grant recipient. We had to have one genius uh, on the show today, one certified genius. Uh, he is one of the most important jugglers uh, ever, and uh, is responsible for techniques that didn't exist before he invented them. So uh, that's pretty exciting just to have you on again, and it's really exciting to hear about you exercising your right to vote. So. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that go today?
11: Uh, it went great. And the voting, you know, you think you're going to walk out the door and, and vote for, you know, the primary president presidential candidates. And all of a sudden, real life hits you square in the face. And, you know, it took me about half, it took me five minutes to get to the polling place and then about another half an hour to go the last hundred feet yeah. uh, because of the conversations with local people uh, about stuff, local stuff and this and that. Uh, and it was great. Um, talking about everything from cell phone coverage and cell phones and rewiring the brain and everything else. And uh, the, in the voting process, it was very simple, very friendly, and uh, similar to a previous guest, uh, not a lot of activity, um, but really a simple process. And apparently they, I did ask the, the registrar there, and they said there was a big rush between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock this morning for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, But then coming out of that, uh, then happening, going home and then happening upon a friend, uh, an older friend who had a flat tire and some stranger had started to help uh, fix the tire. And so I joined in and then driving him to the local garage and doing the whole thing. You know, I thought I was going out for a 10 minute jaunt and I was out for an hour and a half.
4: (laughs) Well, you see, you live in a small town. You're like in Cornwall or one of those places, right? Cornwall, Northwest Corner. So it's one of those towns, right? You go to the polling place. You don't see a lot of strangers. You probably see people you know.
11: Well, most often there's people that I know who they are in town, even if I don't know them well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and uh, the last time, a couple of years ago for the election, there were all sorts of signs and everything. No signs. The only sign up was the sign telling you that 75 feet in, there aren't going to be any more signs.
4: Right. It's a sign so, telling you when the sign's in. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, it's great to hear your voice again. Oh, And, thank you. and great to have you be uh, part of this tradition. I hope you'll come back in November. No. All right. Bye. So I like that idea, though, that you just you leave to go vote. You're gone for 90 minutes. You fix a flat tire. You talk to people about cell phone problems out in Cornwall, Connecticut. Uh, this is part of this day is people gathering and talking to one another. All right. So here's a Kelly calling in from North Stonington. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hi. Talk to me.
12: Um. So I'm I'm young, I guess, as far as voting goes. I, I'm late 20s.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And this.
12: So I've only voted twice in elections presidential election so this i was and it's, this is not common for me i was kind of scared <laughs> yeah
7: um
12: i i went into town and there wasn't no, like you I keep hearing on your show there's nobody there
7: yeah
12: um but except for the people helping to run the polls
7: mm-hmm.
12: and they were all dressed the same they were very cheerful and as i walked in through the front door they said i heard them say behind me as i'm walking through because we just moved here
7: mm-hmm.
12: they said a lot of new people this time and the other one said yeah <laughs> and and everyone was very cheerful. Mm. I have never done a primary before, because I've done elections, but not primaries. I was surprised that I had to go to my table. I, mm. It almost was like I was proclaiming as I walked to my table that I was
4: that You're, party. <laughs> you, were, you were one thing or another. So you said you were a little apprehensive or a little scared. What would make you scared about that?
12: Um, I guess it's just because this seems so, this seems big to me. Yeah.
4: Highly charged. Seems important. Yeah, highly charged. Yeah, yeah. Usually, when people in North Stonington are uh, scared, it's because of mountain lions. Um, <laughs>
12: yes, um, where I live, yes, we do have those. Yeah, up here, but um, but they can't we don't vote. Talk about that. Yeah, we, we don't
4: can't. Talk they, about. We can't vote. We talked to one of them in the last election. Uh, <laughs> they can't vote. But anyway, it went okay. You got through it. Uh, you'll never have to be afraid again, right?
12: Um, I don't know. Ask me in another four years.
4: All right. Well, then we'll talk to you in November. Give us a call. <laughs> All right. But it was primaries. It had something to do with primaries. That was making you nervous. All right. So maybe we will have to wait four years. Um, thanks for calling in, Kelly. All right. Take care. All right. So oh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, and by you, I mean you. You can call in at 860-275-7266. Stephanie Reeves doing a great job with Phone City. She got a lot of uh, phone calls to take, and she's, uh, she's just getting them all up on the board. That's great. We'd also uh, love to hear from you on the Twitters, at WNPR, Colin. That's at WNPR Colin and uh, you can just send us ESP messages uh, however you want to communicate those are the two best ways though calling or Twitter so why don't we take a quick break uh, then we'll come back we've got a couple of more scheduled guests and we've got a lot of people on the board Alex, Katarina, Adam, Mar- no Mark's one of the scheduled guests alright
7: just give me
3: against button. We should be able to press a button to vote against somebody. And why does this voting machine look so much like a soda machine? Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me, Kyone Wolf. Greg Hill appeared in the intro and tweets for us at WNPR Colin. Our interns are Stephanie Reef and Ross Levin. The part of Bill Curry was played by Mike Huckabee. For show pages, articles, and the voting records of the Here and Now staff, go to our website WNPR.org On tomorrow's show, let's take a break from humans and talk about aliens. And now, Back to Colin.
4: yeah we're going to do a show tomorrow. What if there were a first contact? you know What if we had that uh, thing happen? Uh, one of our guests is Paul Davies, who I think is the guy they call if there 's co- first contact, and then I think he 's the guy who calls the president or, or something and says, we've got first contact. So, I mean, you know, you can't get any more front line than that. But we're also going to be talking about the theological implications and how science fiction writers have imagined this kind of thing to go. We have a, a panoply and a plethora of guests to talk about this. And we you might need a break from, you know, like this. As exciting and fun as this is. And I also want to mention tonight, from 8 to 9, uh, Mr. Dankowski and I will be on the air with an election special special coverage. I don't know how much we'll be able to tell you by 9 about exactly how things went, but... Um, Particularly with the Democratic side, it's proportional. It's hard to pin that down. We'll give you a general sense of how things are going, though. We'll have some guests some talk about turnout, talk about other issues as well. Then we'll be back tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning with the wheelhouse, uh, and then it'll, that that'll be me and Mr. Dankowski and Bill Curry, Curry and Kalila Uh So um, that we have just, uh, we have so much political coverage for you, uh, and then we're going to switch to extraterrestrials. <laughs> Because so we kind of have to at that point. You know who? You know who used to be on this show? I just have to have, take a moment here. You know who was on our last Citizen Observer show? I was checking the notes. Speaking of mountain lions, and obviously poor Kelly. I mean, North Stonington is just infested with mountain lions. But um, we had the Greenwich Mountain Lion. This is like this woman who had this Twitter account, the Greenwich Mountain Lion, and she kind of had this uh, kind of Tennessee accent. She'd, all, she'd she'd talk about being a mountain lion, uh, and she was great. And then we like we don't have any way of contacting her. The Twitter account is inaccurate and she's disappeared in every other possible way. So if you know the Greenwich Mountain Lion, tell her to call in or get in touch or something. We need to need to speak to her again. All right. So meanwhile, uh, our number is 860-275-7266. And we especially encourage you to use the Twitters at WNPR Collin. And then follow that account so you can see uh, who's the, apparently, there's, there's a lot of tweeting going on, at WNPR Collins. So that may be an important Twitter feed uh, for you to know about. So um, all kinds of people to talk to. We've got two of our scheduled guests here, uh, Mark Saunders and Lenny Grimaldi. We always have to have Lenny Grimaldi on this show. We also want to have Lenny Grimaldi on this show. He's our uh, special Bridge Board correspondent. Let me just talk to another Trump voter, and then we'll talk to Mark. We'll take some of your other calls. Uh, here's Adam from West Hartford. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good. Love that was your show. That was a Here's maniacal. That was a maniacal laugh, Adam.
13: I totally never expected to be on the radio. Yeah. I thought I would just call because I was driving.
4: All right. Well, I hope you're not driving. I mean, hands-free and all that stuff. We don't want you to. And I hear oh, you're. am your a
13: big proponent of the headset.
4: Okay. Yeah. That's that's good. All right. So tell us about voting.
13: Uh, well, I went to my town hall in West Hartford at six o'clock this morning or six forty-five, and it was brisk. It was very friendly. I actually broke down and voted for Trump. I really didn't want to, but I can't. I'm a Republican. I couldn't vote any other way, and I really didn't want to vote for him. But I didn't see another option. Mm. I'm a young guy, and it's different. And I hope he changes things up. But I really hope he doesn't get elected.
4: All right. So uh, that's a weird I'm not feeling. A that's such a strange feeling voting for yeah, uh, somebody you hope doesn't get it. Were there a lot of people there?
13: Um, there was about 10. Mm-hmm. That's um, not a lot. It, when I was pulling up, people were coming in and out, and as I was leaving, there was a fair amount of people coming in. All right. My wife just voted. She said there was basically no line. Yeah.
4: So. All right. So I don't know. The secretary thinks there's going to be a big turnout today. We're not so sure. Uh, we're going to go to a couple more of our scheduled guests. I, let's go to Lenny right now. We haven't really heard from downstate anyway. Uh, Lenny Grimaldi has been with us uh, since, since we started this whole idea many years ago. He's a very busy man on election days and primary days. He's a journalist and the founder of Only in Bridgeport. So, Lenny, Bridgeport is always an entity unto itself. Uh, that's why it's called Only in Bridgeport. So h- how are th- how is voting in Bridgeport today?
14: Well, it, you know, it's, it's Bridgeport. So if you ever do a show on alien life forms, it's perfect <laughs> for city politics. Right. Um, you know, it's crickets today. Yeah, really? Um, you know, you may recall in 2010, I don't want to jinx it, you know, we were talking around noon in 2010 during the governor's race, mm-hmm. and I said everything's just fine. Five minutes <laughs> later I hang up the phones and all hell breaks loose because they ran out of ballots.
7: Right.
14: Well, that won't happen anymore because it's one ballot per voter. So, but this is pretty sleepy.
7: Mm-hmm. It's,
14: um, it's very, very quiet. Um, you know, Bridgeport has this legendary vaulted absentee ballot operation for local races. Well, mm-hmm. it hasn't materialized at all. Yeah. You know, Bridgeport for most of the rank and file politician, unless there's something in it for them, they're not working. Right. So there's really not a whole lot in this for them. There's not a lot of you know money to go around. There's not a lot of jobs on on the line. Mm-hmm. So you know they're not working it. So absentee ballot operations for uh, you know a municipal, you might have two thousand. Right. So they, they, for this, it's like a couple hundred.
4: Yeah. So, so it is, yeah, it's, so, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty quiet, right? So Bridgeport is uh, like Templeton in Charlotte's Web. There's got to be something in it for Bridgeport, uh, and uh, it's a sense. Although it's kind of the, you know, there was a lot of activity right there. You had candidates coming through anyway, uh, using oh, the yeah. using the Klein, using you know places. Yeah, like it was
14: that. very, it was great for University of Bridgeport, the Klein Memorial. They're great venues. The turnouts, you know, for those events were pretty good. Um, but you know, it comes down to you know partially, it's, it's up to the candidates to inspire voters as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know nothing can top last year with Joe come back in bridgeport i mean <laughs> I mean, I've covered a lot of kooky races, yeah
4: um maybe you guys are just exhausted that, that could be you could be just exhausted from your municipal election last year. People are just too they're too fried uh <laughs> to vote in this,
14: <laughs> yeah, there could be a little culture shock that said people some people are still can't believe what happened they're but, still sleeping enough. You know, yeah life goes on and it's <laughs> it, it was it's fun for me, yeah. You know, and this has been a crazy cycle, interesting cycle for me, too, because I did PR for Donald Trump for four years.
4: Oh, wow, I didn't know that.
14: Oh, so, yeah, so yeah. I, I know the animal. Yeah. Well, so, uh, it's uh, kind of a fascination to watch him get this far. I didn't really think he would, mm-hmm. I thought he would implode along the way. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, because he has attracted a, a narrow band of, of, you know, emotional people. As I like to say about Donald, he's not a Republican, he's not a Democrat. Donald's mm. a demagogue. Mm-hmm. And he's very effective at that, and he's got a narrow band that's got him through this process, and we'll see, assuming he's a Republican nominee, if he can pivot. Yeah. A more broader audience, it's going to be difficult for him, but we'll
4: see. I, I actually think I've been telling people that he may run in Connecticut in a general a lot like John Rowland, in the sense that Rowland could pull from conservative Democrats, he could pull from a lot of unaffiliateds, and then he could pull from Republicans. And, you know, I mean, Trump may never get the kind of general election numbers that Rowland could get, but they have that sort of, you know, fish in three ponds thing going on for them.
14: Well, I the think about Rowland when he ran the, you know, the first time and he got, you know, got reelected with some big numbers. Um, and you know, twice, right? Yeah. Um, Thing about Trump, he's got a female problem. Right, he's got a big problem with female voters. Mm-hmm. And you as I say, you know, having done a bunch of races, guys are easy. You mm-hmm. know, you raise my taxes, I punch you in the nose. <laughs> Women, you know, they, they filter information all much different. Yeah.
4: Um,
14: so uh, he. He's got work to do there.
4: All right, Lenny Grimaldi. So great to talk to you. Wouldn't be a primary day or an election without a visit from a Lenny. Oh, let's talk to a proud supporter right now, then a proud Trump supporter. That is here's Bill from Oxford. I asked you guys to call in, and you've risen to the challenge. Hi, Bill.
1: How's it going, Colin?
4: Good. How was the? What was the experience like uh, for you? How's primary day for you?
14: Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, proud Trump supporter. I was really proud to see that Trump was the only. Uh, placards on the way into the voting booth mm-hmm. coming up to it. They were the only ones on the road uh, as a mid 20 year old who's served overseas. I'm really, really glad to see somebody stop the political correctness and tell the world what they need to hear.
4: hmm. So a lot of Trump signs, and he is good at putting his name on stuff. You know, he has a lot of practice of that. So that's a, uh, thanks for that report. We're going to go to Mark Saunders in just a second here. He's a musician from Bloomfield. He's been on our show before. Before I do that, I just want to quickly say um, one thing. I haven't heard a call about this, but apparently we're getting a lot of tweets about it, and uh, people are maybe leaving messages as they call in. And one of the frustrations today, and this was dealt with uh, in a very interesting way today on where we live, uh, a lot of people um, are frustrated because they can't vote because because they're independents. These are closed primaries, both closed primaries, and a lot of people didn't know that, so uh, they're finding it out at the last minute. I would say that that's sort of you know part of your responsibility is to. To, to know that. I mean, if, if you care, if you care enough to want to vote, you probably should know what the rules are. Uh, but anyway, I understand that it's frustrating if you if you want to stay unaffiliated uh, and you can't vote. Uh, that's got to be uh, a sore spot for you. So, yeah, we're getting a lot of tweets that say that. I just wanted to make sure that viewpoint got represented because uh, it's not in the calls we've taken so far. All right, let's go to uh, Mark Saunders. He's a musician from Bloomfield. He's been on the show before, uh, but not as a citizen observer on primary days. So, Mark, uh, how was it for you today? How was it when you you went to your polling place
15: Well, I'm in I'm in Sleepy Town of Bloomfield mm-hmm. and it's uh it was actually I surprised myself. I got in the car on my way down and came across a T intersection with one of those islands in the middle with flowers and whatever and mm-hmm. there was a Trump sign and I found myself stopping the car and turning around and going back and tearing it down because <laughs> you can't have that kind of stuff on on pu- public property. And uh, so that was that was my first vote. mm mm-hmm. Mhm uh and then uh i I, it was pretty pretty uh pretty sleepy Mm -hmm. it was i was surprised to not see many people at all at the at the polls when i went there was a a Duncaster bus so uh, uh one of the senior citizen buses that was out and loading people in and out but um uh that's it walked in had a very simple vote i'm looking at my um Looking at my, my sticker now, it says My Vote Counts, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hope it does.
4: <laughs> well, it, it definitely does. It definitely counts. Mark Saunders, uh, thanks so much for calling in. We have two musicians among our citizen observers this year. we got a lot of calls on the board. I want to make sure we get to some. Uh, Rosemary from Granby. I think we're about to hear from our, our first Kasich voter. Hi, Rosemary. You're on the air.
0: Oh, hi. Um, I'm like the guy from Hartford that you thought was so rare. Yeah, I am a registered Republican. I did try to change my registration, but I was too late. Mm-hmm. So I went and voted for um, John Kasich, but I'm going to be voting for Bernie Sanders in the general election.
4: Now, some people would say that there's qu- I mean, you're not quite uh, as much of an a statistical outlier as Nick was, but. It's hard to see the overlap between Kasich and Bernie. But I guess among the Republican field, you're kind of looking for the person who's the most reasonable, something like that? I mean, that's, No, I'm you know.
0: looking for the person who is um, Bernie Sanders. You know, there's a lot of positions he has that I don't agree with because I'm a you know, devout practicing Catholic. I'm pro-life. But his views on a moral economy that is uh, on a human scale and serves human beings rather than serving the almighty dollar is just... It just really speaks to me. And um, I just think that
5: uh, I think he's really terrific.
4: Um, Well, this is uh, I I, now I'm wondering how many people there are like you and like Nick, people who are uh, Republicans who look forward to an opportunity to vote for Bernie Sanders. I didn't think I would hear that much about that today. But, uh, boy, thanks for calling in, Rosemary. That's great. So uh, where is he? Okay, I'm going to look. here. I think we've got a first time voter here. Here's Patrick in Glastonbury. Hi, Patrick. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. Tell us about voting. This is your first time.
0: Yeah, this is my first time voting. I'm 18 years old.
4: Yeah. So tell us uh, how that felt.
0: It was you no, know, it, it was very interesting and a little weird. Um, just like a lot of people have been saying, it was there's really no one there.
7: Uh huh.
0: Um, you know, I saw a few signs: Kasich, Trump, Cruz. I actually saw a uh, looked like a hand-drawn Bernie Sanders sign
8: up, uh,
0: stapled to a telephone pole. But I walked in, you know, I I saw the Democrat Republican line. I went to the Democrat. I was uh, you know checked, walked in, got my ballot. There's just one thing on the ballot: Patrick. I uh, put Bernie Sanders. I you know submit my ballot and then I walk out. It was it was so simple. I'm nervous, you know, like if I feel like I did
4: something wrong. Like you, you, know? you like it should have taken more steps somehow. You should have had yeah. to write a little essay or something. It felt just too um. quick. Oh, no, it's fine. You did fine. That's 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 how you vote. I mean, there you didn't skip any steps. So, uh, well, congratulations, first of all. Yeah, and so as we're running out of time here, I do want to say one thing. I'm a little alarmed by all this talk about how sleepy things are, particularly because here in Connecticut, all we've ever done is complain about the fact that our primaries are irrelevant for the most part. Year after year, cycle after cycle, you know, we have these primaries and they don't matter, you know and uh and so people there's less of an incentive to vote because you know our our delegates aren't going to matter or the whole thing's all over, but the shouting. So here you have on both sides still quite a bit in play. You know, obviously on the Republican side, um, although we don't send a lot of delegates to the convention, only 28 of them and three of them are super delegates, but, um, but still, I mean, those delegates could really, really matter. And on the democratic side, we send more delegates, 71, I believe. And, and they could matter even on the proportional basis. It it all could matter quite a bit. So Get out there! We don't want to have like this. We finally got something. We got something to vote for. Something to live for. We better get out there. We better turn out. All right. So uh, we'll be talking to you again at 8 p.m. tonight. Join me and Mr. Dankowski and a bunch of other guests, and then come back and talk to us some more about uh, the primary at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, other than that, it's going to be extraterrestrials and things like that.
7: Have to play them dirty politics. Politics, oh politics you got to know just how to vote
2: Kiss that baby, shine that shoe If you know what's good for you you got to play them politics
3: What? Well, I said I wanted to vote for Kasich and all I get out of this vending machine is a box of milk duds? I'll take it.